0: Hey friends, welcome to the H&H Hour. My name is Heidi Bolt and I am one of your hosts. And this is Heather Taves, she's my co-host. Hey Heather. Hi, how you doing? I'm good, how are you?
1: Great, it's so warm and lovely on this February day. It's crazy, we live in central
0: Illinois and it was almost 70 degrees today. I know, we had friends out sun tanning today. That (laughs) is crazy, awesome, I I love it. We do love it, hopefully we don't pay for it this summer. I, some cold days. I feel like I would be fine if this was our normal winter. Well, then we need to move south. Well, I mean right here, because I like our other yes, seasons. Yes, that's true. But I think this would be fun. Yes. Well, hey, if you are a new listener to us, we want to just welcome you and fill you in a little bit on the purpose of this podcast. So the H&H Hour has a goal of helping the ordinary moments in life, which can seem boring or mundane or unimportant helping you realize the beauty in those moments and also in those of us who consider ourselves ordinary right just we have ordinary life experiences and we can sometimes miss the beauty in those moments and so we want to highlight those and we want to bring people on this podcast who are ordinary women and men who are just like Heather and myself, just like you, our listener. That's right. Because we believe that you can relate to them Mm -hmm. and that as we do life with Heather and I and with our friends that are coming on these podcasts, that you will be able to um, just experience life with us and really be able to say, yeah, I can relate to that.
1: Right. Right. And highlighting that ordinary is extraordinary. Yes. And that there is so much beauty in ordinary and that it is the little things that are actually the biggest things. Absolutely. And that we're done saying little things are little things. Little things are big things. Yes. And um, we've experienced that in our own life and just recognizing that... um, usually it is the little things that really are the most important things. So we're so excited to have you here with us. And Heidi, we have a dear, dear friend of ours with us today. She is this gorgeous little blonde bombshell. Yes. And her name is Kate Kyle. Hi, Kate. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm good. You are are just days away from delivering a baby. Yes, can't come soon enough. I'm sure you're in that like, oh, get her out of me phase. Yep.
0: But you look fabulous. Well, thank you. You do. So Kate goes to church with us and every Sunday she comes walking into church and she just looks fabulous. She's got this long, gorgeous blonde hair and her skin is always glowing and she's always smiling. And her tiny little belly, which is dew, Mm -hmm. is the cutest, cutest little thing. So she is just A doll button. We just love her to pieces. You're too sweet. I (laughs) would say
1: she is not an ordinary pregnant woman. No,
0: she's not. (laughs) She's the pregnant woman that you walk by in public and you want to hate her because she's so cute. She's so cute. Yes. But don't hate her because she's awesome and (laughs) sweet. Yes,
1: she is. So Kate, tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: So I'm a mom of three little boys that are four and under. I have twins that are four and then I have a two-year-old little boy. And I've been married for five years now to my husband Cody, um, and we just moved to Morton semi recently. So so a we new have house, a lot, yes, a lot yeah. going on. So and tell us your boys' names. Um, Corbin and Cruz are twins, and then Knox is my current baby right now. Oh, for one
1: more week. Yeah, one one and a half weeks. Yeah, and then you're about to have. Tell us the big news. We're about to have a little girl. Aww. Her name is Sloane. Sloane.
0: I love it. How did you come up with Sloan? Uh,
2: we don't really have any good stories for our kids' names. I think we we're just looking online, and we both found that name and liked that name,
1: so we yeah. went ahead with that one. What's her middle name? Amelia. Sloan Amelia. That's perfect. Yeah. I love it. So a week and a half, right? Or... Yeah. Um, A little shy of two weeks now. Okay. So. Yeah, and she will be here, and you will have four, four and under. Yes. I'm ready, but I'm not ready, so... We'll see when the time comes. Just enjoying these last few yeah. days of just having three kids. Yep. Yeah.
0: Aw. Well, we wanted to have Kate on because Kate is... A, she's a great mama. She's got these three little boys who are full of life. And she just... She manages them very well. Um, her life isn't perfect, and she would tell you that. But she handles it with a lot of grace. And she laughs with them. And... Um, She's a great mom, and so we wanted to bring her on um, specifically to talk about what it looks like having twins, and we're going to get to that in a little bit. But for you listeners, you might be a little bit intrigued about a woman who is here with us who has raised twins, and um, so we're going to talk about that. But Kate, before we get too far into that, um, what is something about yourself or your life that you think feels ordinary I would say that,
2: um, just being a mom, like that just being my title sometimes doesn't feel like enough Mm. that there are other people around me that have higher titles. And so
0: I feel like I'm not as worthy as they are with their titles.
2: Mm.
0: Wow. I bet there's a lot of moms listening that can relate to that. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: There are days that I can relate to that Mm -hmm. where I feel like all I am today is just a mom. Yeah. Yeah. Just a mom
1: but isn't that word just almost like a bad word yeah because really being a mom is such a high calling it's it's not only a high calling in our culture it's a high calling it has been throughout all of culture yes but it's a high calling in the bible too yes god values that that he gives us he equips us with that caregiving sensitive heart to nur- you know, nurturing heart to raise our children. So I think that that word just, I think we need to make a pact right now. Like we will no longer say, I'm just a mom.
0: Yes, okay, okay? so pinky promise. Here we yep. go, ready? Yep. Get pinky your promise. pinky in there, girl. Okay. Okay. okay, pinky promise. Just is gone. It's gone. Out the window. We are so moms. you are not just a mom, you are a mom. You're yep. an extraordinary mom. That's right. You do a great job. Um, okay, so so what's something about you or yourself that you think is extraordinary?
2: I would have to say the same thing that being a mom is because I get to teach my littles mm. about Jesus and mm. about just I mean anything, and I think that's awesome
1: too. That's that's awesome. And one of the things that you had said to me in the past is that you've always wanted to be a mom. Yeah, it's been talk about, a little bit about that.
2: I feel like. As even like a really young kid that I couldn't wait to start a family and to have kids. And so when we finally got the opportunity to do that, that it was something that, was, that I've always wanted to
1: do. And then you said this awesome quote the other day to us. And I want you to share that because it's something that I remember. And I'm going to actually share it with other people when I talk to them about being mom. Because a lot of times you'll have people that come to you and they're experiencing the same thing that we've all experienced. It's like, I feel like all I am is a mom.
0: Well, because it can be tough. Like, how many times a day do you get a sippy cup for somebody? (laughs) Right?
1: Or you hear mom, 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 mom. Yeah,
0: right. And how many... How many booties can you wipe in one day <laughs> right? before you just feel like you're ready to throw the mommy towel in, yeah. right? Yep.
1: So tell us this. This was your quote, and I want you to tell this to us because it was so good.
2: That these little boys and soon-to-be little girl, that this is my platform, and they're my people that I get to share God's word with. Mm. And while I might may not be on stage full of thousands of people in mm-hmm. front of me that... Mm-hmm these little boys I get to share this with, and someday they'll go out and share it, and it'll just trickle on.
1: Oh, I love that so much. Like, I could just jump up and shout. Yeah. Because... Someone
0: say amen right now on this podcast.
1: Amen. Amen. Yeah. A to the men. So I think that we miss that as moms sometimes because we get so caught up in busyness, right? And it is... It can be overwhelming. I mean, goodness, when you have had to answer the same question 12 times in a row you know, you start to feel a little bit like, I can't, I don't know if this is, this is so hard. Yeah. But what you're doing, Kate, and what all of these moms are doing is we're discipling people. Yeah. Little people who are going to grow up to be big people. And hopefully if we've done our job well, they're going to grow up to be disciples of Jesus who are then going to disciple other people. What a, what a gift. And what a gift that you have in seeing that, like that's your platform Yeah. and they're your people. We all have platforms But I think often do we actually recognize that it's a platform?
0: Acknowledge it. Yeah. And put words to it.
1: Yeah. Or do we think that it just, if there's just bright lights and a big stage and lots of people, then it's a platform? Right. So do you care if I, can I quote you on that? No, that's fine. Yeah. That's amazing.
0: (laughs) Your first official quote. We're gonna put your picture up on on Twitter with your quote. You're gonna love it because hey. you because you love the limelight. We know this yeah. about you. Yeah, not so much. Okay, so something you mentioned as you were saying that as you talked about getting to instill the love of Jesus into your children, can you tell us what are some of your tips as a as a mama with littles who are just developing their their faith and their belief in Jesus? What are some of the things that you and Cody do? that is um relevant to a four-year-old to a two-year-old
2: yeah we let them play um the bible app on our phones mm-hmm. and they get to interact with that and we also read the bible with them at night and then at dinner time they get to um they get the chance each one of them to pray mm-hmm. and if we ever forget to pray the baby reminds us quickly to, <laughs> that we need to pray before dinner oh Knox. um and so it's just little things they're them hearing worship music or um different things on youtube of different pastors yeah. yeah
0: so the other day you posted on instagram the most darling remind me was this on instagram or did you text me this i think it was on instagram okay was, yeah okay so you posted on instagram a video of of Knox, who's your who's your baby yeah he's your two-year-old tell us tell us about that cute video he was listening right beside me and i wasn't
2: paying him much attention but I was listening to the pastor pray on youtube and all of a sudden i look over and the baby is saying jesus and it was so cute to hear that he was actually listening in on what was being said
0: i love it What well, our kids are emulating what they're seeing us do yeah. and so i think for you kate just to go man on those days that it's really tough Like, look back at your Instagram and watch that video and know that he's picking that up from you Mm -hmm. and from Cody. And yes, your church is partnering with you and giving you great opportunities for your kids, but they're picking that up from you. And that's huge, and that's so invaluable. So well done, Mama. I'm proud of you. It's
1: not always easy, but... No, it's it's not.
0: Nothing worthwhile is ever easy, is it?
1: And I also think it's such a testimony to you and Cody because... You guys show up for church every week. Like yeah. you're there with your kids, with your littles. And it would be a lot easier to just stay home and keep everybody in their pajamas yeah. and let them take their naps when they need to and, yeah. you know, not get everybody. Because Sunday mornings can be stressful. Like they especially, can be. yes. <laughs> if you have kids, like it's hard to get to church. But you guys have been so faithful. And I think that that is such a testament of you valuing not only your faith but wanting your children to see that because what you what you practice, they will emulate. They will they will practice also, yeah. but also just community. You value community with other like minded believers, and so I love to see that. I love to, you guys sit right behind us, and I always have this like peripheral view of these darling little boys back there, and they're perfect. They like stand there and they're perfect. So not a lot of kids can stand in church <laughs> and sing for fifteen or twenty minutes and be so good.
2: Sometimes so. they ask, "Are we done yet?" and you uh, can hear them it. My <laughs> seven
1: year old asks the same thing. <laughs> That's okay. Um, Mom, my legs are tired. Can
0: I sit down now? No. Stand up and worship Jesus. (laughs) I know. You're like gritting your teeth. Mm. So
2: yesterday we went out to eat quick and the baby was holding up like a coloring book over his face saying, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. So I think he gets it from the big boys saying it, but it's still
1: still hearing him say it. Well, let's talk a little bit about about the twins. So you say you've always wanted to be a mom. Yes. And Mm -hmm. you find out you're pregnant. So tell us how that conversation went. Finding out you're having twins. Well, when we went in, we were we were jokingly
2: saying, like, what if we have twins or whatever? And then the nurse said, Well, it looks like you got more than you bargained for. And we're like, What? You should count that again. <laughs> and so she told us that there were two in there. And we I think we were a little bit shocked at first, but we were so excited that these were our babies and did you so ever feel, exciting. did you ever feel overwhelmed by that? No, not, I don't think I did at all. Like I just knew that this is what I wanted. Like I wanted to be a mom so bad that once we became parents, I was, I wasn't overwhelmed. I knew I had it. I knew I could do it. And I
1: love that confidence. Yeah. That's, I mean, that is probably what has helped you get through and survive having twins. And then another one so quickly is just the confidence and you know yeah. that this is what God created me to do and I'm going to do it don't always do it perfectly, but none of us do. <laughs> no, yeah. no, none, we don't. none of us do. Thank, thank the Lord for his grace and mercy. And every
0: day is new. And we yeah. get to,
1: we get to say, I'm sorry to our kids and,
0: and move forward. We had a friend recently tell us, she said the great thing about, um, having little, you know, situations in your family where you have to go back to your kids and apologize is she gets to say you guys mom needs jesus too yeah you know and and apologize and teach them about grace and forgiveness and so that i think that's huge um i think it's something that we can't we can't expect them to learn if we're not modeling it for them and it's hard to be humble enough to apologize to your four-year-old
2: Yeah, it is. (laughs) Yeah. I need lots of God's grace. So, I mean, I can share some
1: grace with my kids too. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's really good. So you, how long were you pregnant with the twins before you ended up on bed rest? I was pregnant
2: with them for 23 and a half weeks. And then I went in um, to the hospital just one week shy of being three months in the hospital with them. And that was hard. Wow. That was during our first year of marriage too. So it was definitely a so trial you
1: were in a hospital room for three months yeah just sitting there
2: yep what did you do thankfully I had some friends come and visit and my husband would come every night but it was still it was still a long long three months
1: yeah oh my goodness so Cody came every night to visit you and... until I
2: made him stop coming <laughs> yeah. to visit every night because he was worn out so oh, and then yeah. once the visits got a little more slim. It was, I mean, it was hard, but he needed to be at home too and doing things around the house. Yeah. So you would have friends come and paint your toenails and you you said by drinks and food. And, um, I had one friend that, well, I guess I didn't know her at the time. She just reached out and asked if she could come and pray Hmm. over me and drop a book off. Hmm. And that meant a lot to me, even though I didn't know her at the time.
1: So we have talked a little bit about this before. We have a children's hospital right here in our area. And we we end up with a lot of families in our area who come specifically for the children's hospital and they find themselves in the hospital for lengthy stays. So you've experienced that. Yeah. So what do you say to the rest of us who, you know, might encounter someone who has a friend or hears of someone who's been in the hospital for a while is going to be there? How do we help them? What, What did you need in those moments?
2: I just needed a friendly face. I mean, just even coming in with nothing, Mm -hmm. that was helpful or just bringing in different knickknacks for them to do or magazines to look at or books were great. Yeah. Um, my mom would come several times and try to teach me how to do some crocheting. And I mean, it was anything (laughs) like try to pick up a new hobby or have friends come and paint your toenails. Yeah. So
0: just
1: distraction. Yeah. Knowing people cared probably yeah. was a huge part of it. Like, oh, they thought of me sitting here in this yeah. hospital room. I didn't almost even care if I knew them very well or not. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Just that somebody was going to come talk to me. Yeah. Well, that's good. Because at that point, I didn't know you very well. And I remember contemplating, like wanting to come up and see you. Because if we... Okay, so back up a tiny bit. Remember sitting in the cafe at church. And I got to sit with you and your husband and help, help you pray. And help you accept Jesus into your life. Yeah. How much before that was this time when you were in the hospital
2: not very long I mean had it been less than a year that sore faith
0: was super new right so you were a new believer you were a new wife newly pregnant now on bed rest and I remember struggling with that Kate of like okay here I'm a leader in her church I'm the kids pastor like I want to show up for her but I don't know her very well. Is she, is that going to be awkward? You know, and I think people wonder that, like, is it more awkward if I go or more awkward if I don't? And so like, what would you say to people if they're kind of on the fence of like, I don't want to be in the way. Do you have any thoughts on that? I would say
2: just go, even if
0: it is Mm -hmm. awkward at the time,
2: like Mm -hmm. it still passes time. I mean, so just to have somebody there to talk with, but I appreciated people coming in and whether they knew me a whole lot or
0: not really at all. Yeah. Well, good. Well, I remember thinking, well, she still looks beautiful here on bed rest. <laughs> oh. You did. Those were rough. Oh. So you
1: said your faith was very new at this yeah. point. Did that? How did that play a role in what you were going through?
2: It was hard. Um, I remember there would be times where I'd have my Bible out and a nurse would walk in and I'd quickly like tuck it away uh-huh. so they couldn't see it. And then I had like, thoughts right afterwards, like, well, that is silly, because I guarantee there are other pregnant women in here with Bibles, and (laughs) so it's just, yeah, it was hard to try to navigate a new faith, and being in the hospital, surrounded by people you
1: don't know, and probably not having a lot of, um, you know, you weren't, it wasn't like you got to go to church every week, or it wasn't like you were in a Bible study, so you were kind of just kind of navigating this on your own,
2: yeah, and my husband actually got baptized while I was in the hospital, Oh. So I had friends that were like Facetiming. Did I say
0: didn't we Facetime you yeah. into that? Yep, I had friends right.
2: Facetiming and sending pictures, and so that was hard too, not being able to wow. be there and see that. Yeah.
0: yeah. But what an example to your boys, to Corbin and Cruz now, to know that while you were willing to endure that for them, yeah, that you were building your faith, that their dad was taking steps to publicly proclaim, "Hey, I believe in Jesus." You know, we're stepping into this parent this parent role but we're going to do it with Jesus at the front. I mean, what yeah. an awesome example that you guys have set.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. we definitely need needed Jesus then and need Jesus now, but...
0: Mm. We yeah. all do, girl.
2: Yeah.
1: We yeah. all do. Yeah. I, can't, I don't know how people live without him because I feel like I just rely on him so much. Yeah. Every in, day. In every single circumstance. Yeah. Okay, so you are on... Were you on bed rest all the way until you delivered? I was... Like I said, for just shy of three months
2: in the hospital, and then I came home for a few short weeks on bed rest okay. at home. But okay. let's be real, it wasn't really bed rest at home. It was more like lay down for a few minutes, do some
1: chores. <laughs> nesting. <laughs> yeah. You were like, I'm going to get everything done, that yeah. I didn't get done in the last three months. <laughs> yep. Uh, okay, so tell us about the big day, when they were born. And then, let's see. It's so many kids, but really
2: it's only <laughs> been two, two births. Um, I went into the my doctor's office just a regular visit and he had said well how do you feel about having twins today so it wasn't really like a planned date so it was kind of stressful for that um and then they had to put me under to have the twins um and then so the first few days were really kind of just hazy like I don't remember a whole lot yeah but how big were they they were 515 and 510 so good sized twins I feel like
1: yeah how was their how are their Was there room in your belly? Ah, because you're tiny. I don't really know
0: how there was two of them in there. (laughs) I don't know
1: either. That's
0: why they're always like rough and tumble with each other now. Because they were just like packed in there. (laughs) Yeah. Like wrestling. yeah. So did they have to
2: stay in the hospital for a while? One of them did. Yep. Corbin had to stay for an additional three days. We all gotta stay six days, which was really nice to extend our visit a little bit. (laughs) And then um Corbin would forget how to breathe, so he had to be on an Mm. apnea monitor. Okay. And so until he could pass certain tests, he had to stay there. So we took Cruz home for a few days just to live on just him and went back to go get Corbin then. That must have been kind of hard. It was really hard, yeah. Yeah. I remember thinking that, how can I leave my baby in the hospital? And we cried a lot. I'm pretty sure we all cried a lot. Sure, sure. And then we just tried to focus on Cruz for a few days, and we went and visited Corbin each day but yeah it was still hard walking away
0: from him yeah well because you have this brand new baby at home and let's face it when you're a first-time mom like one baby is all-consuming let alone two let alone in two different you know one in the hospital one at home that's a lot to juggle and when we would go visit we couldn't bring Cruz
2: into the nursery yeah so nurses would hold him while we go in to see corwin and so
0: It was just hard not having both my babies right at first. I bet that was kind of hard for the babies, too. Because here they've been together in your womb for all of these weeks and months. And then they're separated. Yeah. But now they're inseparable. Now they are. (laughs) Okay, so you've got these two little bundles of joy home once Corbin had gotten to join you guys at home. And so you've got Cruz and Corbin. Um, How long did Cody get to be home with you before he had to go back to work? He probably stayed home a week with me,
2: and Uh then I had, I believe my mother-in-law stay another week to help me out to get into a routine with them.
0: Okay, so what was that like, handling two babies, two feeding schedules, tell us about that. They were really good
2: babies, so we lucked out there. Um, We kind of just hung out on the couch all day long until Cody would get home, and just yeah, they got on a routine right away, and they slept really good in their cribs, and I think God knew, gave me a little bit of a break because yeah. there was two. Yeah. And so it wasn't hard to adjust. I mean, it just seemed like it came naturally. Cool. Now, how did
0: you how did you feel like watching Cody become a dad? Did that change your perspective of him or the way you viewed him at all as your husband?
2: Yeah, I'm, and I think that changed probably when we were in the hospital when he would come almost every single night to where, oh, this this guy really does care about me a whole lot. Oh. And then seeing him with our boys for the first time like i just feel like you grow in love and in a different way once you see them with your kids
0: i so agree i i tell my husband all the time watching my husband be a dad love our kids is so sexy yeah isn't it yeah and i think i i'd want guys to know that like that is the coolest thing mm-hmm. Like, that's brownie points right there. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know? Yeah, right. take me to a romantic dinner, but <laughs> man, when you're giving me a break and you're changing that poopy diaper instead yeah. of me, like, that's hot. And yeah. doing it
1: willingly. Yeah. Yep. And willingly. Yeah.
0: With a happy heart. Yep. yep. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Well, you guys are doing a good job with those sweet little twins. Okay, and then, so Noxie came along.
1: Yes. Buddy Nox. How, how much, how old were the twins when Nox was born? The twins were two and a half when Nox was born.
2: Wow. So that was... It was good. They were they were good big helpers though. Yeah.
0: Well and they're they're rough and tumble. They are. They it, weren't
2: quite as rough at two and a half, but
0: And so sweet Knox has had to learn how to like hold his own, hasn't yeah, he?
2: He has and he does a pretty good job. He does. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Um, what is one thing that you, Kate, you would like people to know about having twins?
2: That it's hard. I mean, mm-hmm. they were very easy as babies, but it's hard now that they're older and it's like having pick one of your kids that you have and double it. That's what it's like. So they have a lot of energy and I mean, they feed off of each other constantly. And so that can be challenging in itself. Sure.
0: I get that. Just Heather has, we have kids that are 18 months apart and one's a girl, one's a boy, but they're best friends, you know this. And, um, it's so funny about them because they have their own little world and their own little dialogue and their own little Things that make them Crosley and Jules, yeah. And you're right; they do feed off of each other because they often act like they're twins or best friends. Mm-hmm. And um, there are times that we will be texting each other. Whoever has the kids, like they are crazy together. Together, yeah. How Individually, do they... they're
1: they're not. Yeah. But
0: Same with my boys. Together, I mean,
2: they're... When they're not together, yeah. they're they're different.
0: Yeah. Like like one day Heather had the kids here, and. A few weeks later, she texted me. She's like, you are not gonna believe what our littles came up with. Is this the lima beans? She she went up into her guest bathroom. They had had guests over, and he informed Heather, your sink upstairs is not draining. And so Heather went up to try and pour some Drano down it, only to find that there were lima bean sprouts growing out oh, of my goodness. her plumbing, yeah. out of her sink. They had dumped lima bean beans, dry beans. They'd
1: used them in their kitchen for cooking. And they decided to dump them down the sink, which, you know, as they sat there, then they grew sprouts. Yeah. So yeah. my entire plumbing was clogged with lima bean plants. Yeah.
0: So they're not <laughs> twins. They sometimes act like they are. So I get that. Like the the trouble they get into together is... Yeah.
2: What one doesn't think of, the other one will.
0: Yeah. So what what does an ordinary day, just a normal ordinary day in your world look like with your, your three boys right now?
2: Yeah. It usually starts with... I've been trying to get up before them, but it typically starts with the twins waking me up mm-hmm. hungry for breakfast. Mm-hmm. And so that doesn't start me off in the best mood. So I need to wake up before them and then I'm in a
1: little bit better mood. But Your grocery bill is going to be oh, so high in yeah. about 10 years when yeah. or less. In like eight years when they start mm-hmm. really eating a lot. Yeah, I feel
2: like they eat a lot at times now. So yeah. teenage years are going to be Crazy. quite fun.
0: <laughs> Make them go plant their own garden yeah. or something. Yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> Grow some chickens. Um,
2: and then we usually just sit down and have breakfast. And then they know morning time is quiet time. Like we just kind of chill out and I read my Bible if I haven't already. And they just play quietly or sit down with me and watch a cartoon show. And mm-hmm. so, But mornings are our just relaxing time. And, yeah. And then our day starts to get a little more hectic from there.
0: Yeah. Okay, have you experienced this with any of your friends where you kind of get that mom guilt when you let your kids sit and watch a TV show or be on a screen? Um, I feel like there's a fair amount of mom guilt that comes if you're not entertaining your kid all the time with something fun or a great activity. Talk about that. What is that? How have you allowed yourself to do something normal like let your kids sit and watch tv even if it's for the third hour that day yeah on a day you maybe you need it with... i used
2: to have mom guilt about that and i don't anymore mm-hmm. i just good girl i've learned to realize like i need that like i mm-hmm. need that downtime and that quiet time and it doesn't make me a bad mom because i let them have screen time or mm-hmm. um, play on their tablets that just allows me to kind of refresh especially mm-hmm. now my twins don't take naps, mm-hmm. yeah, and so um, that is their tablet time. They yeah. get to play on their tablet for while the baby sleeps, and I can kind of recharge and refresh mm-hmm. and try to refill myself back up so I can yes. be loving towards them.
0: No, that's so good. I had to get over that as well. I think that the, that pressure of, like... TV and screens are so bad for our kids, you know, and if you're a great mom, your kids are never on TV time. mm -hmm. And I was like, well, then I must be a crappy mom because mm -hmm. I need my child to have that moment, like just so I can get a shower in Mm -hmm. the day. You know, I'm like, I want to smell nice when my husband comes home from work. So (laughs) we are going to have some screen time here, boys. Okay, so so
1: I know that we've all heard this. When I'm a mom, I will never dot, dot, dot. And then inevitably, (laughs) whatever we've said... When I'm a mom, mom, I will never dot, 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 like let my kids wear pajamas in public or eat <laughs> that, McDonald's. That, that was one of them. <laughs> yeah. Eat McDonald's, French fries. What have yeah. your dot, dot, dots been?
2: Yeah. Not letting my kids go out in public in pajamas. Yep. And not letting them eat in our car. Uh-huh. Have been, oh, not letting our kids sleep with us in bed. And we went through a season of a time where all three of them slept in bed with us. And it just, to get through that season of life, you just That's let them do it. That's what you do had it. to do. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and I love that you you say season of life. That's one of my favorite terms. Yeah. Is, they're not in our bed anymore, so. See? Yeah. Yep. And I think that's so important with raising littles yeah. is for us to remember this is a season. Right. Yeah. You know, my child is not always going to need me to mash up her avocado for her. You know, she's going to self-feed here in a while. Or my kids are not always going to sleep in my bed with all five of us. Like your two-year-old yeah. is
1: probably not going to go to college with his pacifier still.
0: Yeah. Probably
1: not. Yeah. But until he's, you know it, you, you just said this the other day, like it helps. uh, He still gets, someone gave you a hard time about letting him have his pacifier. And you said, um, it helps him go to bed and nap. I am not taking it away right now. We had that with
2: the twins and they were about two and a half, maybe closer to three. Mm -hmm. And I worried so much what people were saying, like how you still give your kid a pacifier. And I would try to justify it. And now we're on kid number three and he's got a passy still. And I just don't any attention i mean he sleeps with it and so eventually he'll get rid of
1: it and i hope that we can just as moms give each other that grace you know to say hey what what my standards were what worked for me is probably different than what works for you and just have that grace with each other and and less judgy and less like well this is the way it needs to be done because it's different for everyone it's even different for kids inside families yeah like my son was very different With his needs and the things that he, you know, he breastfed until he was 19 months old. Yeah. Yeah. And my daughter was like at nine months. She's like, I'm done. Yep. You know? And so, (laughs) yeah, it's their personalities very much. I could have called that. Within your own family, you need to be flexible too based on how your child needs to be raised. And I think that's so key that we really pay attention to our child's hearts Mm -hmm. and we discipline them and raise them according to who they are as a person yeah
2: not treating them all the same yeah yeah and that's what we've had to learn with twins as well like they're not the same person they are two separate people oh, and yeah especially now they're they're developing different personalities big time one has this little bit softer spirit okay and the other one is a little more crazy okay but just knowing that you can't use the same tone or the same discipline for
1: one as you can the other that's, that's so good. Oh, that is so good. And I bet that's hard than being twins because yeah. you're sort of like they dress alike. They, you know, I mean, they have different haircuts.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, no, that's that's a funny story because one time I said to actually our other sister, Holly, I said, Holly, how long have I known our sweet little twins now? And I can never tell them apart. And she said, Heidi, it's so easy. Cruz's hair is always slick to the side and Corbin's is always up, you know, yep. spiky. I said, oh. Perfect. No one ever told me that. Like, that's... Now I know. Did you plan know.
1: that? Kate, that uh, no. very day...
0: Kate, that very day, you posted a picture of them on Instagram. The same haircut. And both of them <laughs> had spiky hair.
2: Yeah. And Thanks so a I, lot, Kate. Yeah.
0: I screenshot it to Holly, and I said, uh... And she's like, oh, of course. So... Uh, yeah. And then I had to give you a hard time. Like, okay, now we cannot tell your boys apart.
2: Yeah. They... Since they've been one, they've pretty much had their own hairstyle. And that summer that you are talking about I actually I cut their hair and so whenever I would cut Cruz's hair he would like turn away and so his part kept going higher and higher <laughs> so he eventually just had to get buzzed and have spiky hair like his brother so okay. there would be times where I would catch myself calling the wrong kid the wrong name not because I don't know who they are but because we relied on hair like sure in a split second you're Cruz you're Corbin yeah so. did
1: you have you always instantly known them apart
2: no oh, when they I mean when they were babies Um, like I said, Corbin was on the monitor for a while, so he had something hooked up to him for the first few months, but I remember we went to a restaurant, Cody and I did, with our cute little twins, and the entire time we were calling the wrong baby the wrong name (laughs) until we took them out of the car seat and were holding them up and realized that was the wrong baby.
1: That is funny. So how how do you tell them apart, especially when they're babies? Did they
2: just Um, have different features that you... They did. One was a little bit chubbier, I feel like, and the other one look more like a grumpy old man so
0: <laughs> they are so cute they yeah are. they are they do look like little men
2: yeah mm-hmm. they do their little eyebrows and their little eyelashes they're
0: so cute we might have to post a picture yeah <laughs> with you and them on this episode because yes. they're so handsome and cute and nox oh my goodness his I big i feel like Sweet he's little your little look-alike he is he looks just like me mm-hmm. yeah so i wonder what sloan's gonna look like
2: Oh, I'm not sure. A mini, mini She'll be adorable. Oh, She'll she, be darling. She will be. <laughs> she looks kind of like Knox. I feel like in the pictures, sonogram pictures. Are you just freaking out about girly clothes? I mean, I'm going crazy buying girl clothes, <laughs> but it's a whole new ball game. So mm-hmm. it's jumping from all things dirt and boys and yeah. Yeah. mud and gross to cute little
0: girly yeah. stuff, frilly and yeah. lace and. It's so fun though. Yeah, you are gonna find. So Kip and I were in Chicago this last weekend for his birthday. And we took Collins with us because she's still feeding. Mm-hmm. And so she was our only child with us, which, one, I was like, one kid is so easy. That's what we say, too. We have one kid. <laughs> such a breeze. Yeah. I wish someone had told me this when I had one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. But so we're strolling her around, and I realized as I'm handing her her baby toys that they're all, like, boy toys Like she's chewing on race race cars. Those are the toys she likes. She doesn't have any girl toys? She does. She likes her brother's toys over hers. And we had multiple people in public like, oh, that's so funny that she's chewing on a race car. Like as if that wasn't normal for her to be having a race car. And it just was funny to me that probably had she been my firstborn, she would have never chewed on a race car. Yeah. But because she's the little sister of brothers, mm-hmm. she's a little more rough and tumble. Like, she's tough. Yeah. You know, she'll probably want to go play in the dirt pit. And she'll probably want to go to the race cars with the boys and, you know, do the things that our big boys are doing. And I'm okay with that, you yeah. know, because she's super girly. But she's also got this, like, I want to be with the big boys, too. So your I girls bet- will
1: make great wives because they'll know how to hang out with the guys and yeah. relate to
0: guys. Yeah. and yeah.
2: I mean, my baby Knox—he has a pink, hot pink stroller and a baby doll because that's what he wanted. So I love it. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah, Well, and that's good because that's preparing him to be a big brother. Yeah. Yep. Because he only gets baby status for the next week and a half.
2: Yeah. Oh,
1: sweet boy.
0: He'll do great. He'll do great. He's going to be a good b- b- big brother. Yeah.
1: Okay, so talk to us a little bit about one of your biggest fears. I know you said you want—you always had dreamed of being a mom, but um, we, you know we all have these fears about.
2: Yeah, that what's may that be... look like for you. Maybe I'm not doing enough. Like that mm. can always creep in that I'm not showing them, I'm not showing them Jesus enough, mm. or not doing enough Pinteresty projects mm. or mm. things like that. Which is silly because yeah. they get plenty of love and plenty of attention from yeah. us. Yeah. But just looking back when they are older, realizing, did I do everything that I could have done? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think we all struggle with that, um, and I think it's very the answer to that for me, at least for my kids, and I think for all kids, is very simple, and it's time. Yeah. It's are they getting your time Mm -hmm. and quality and quantity time Mm -hmm. um, without our phones in our hands. And, you know, I know with what my kids – like. They like crafts and they like, they like things, but what they really want is just me to be with them doing something. It can mm-hmm. be playing a game, reading a book, playing outside. Like they just want time, and I think you do that. You do a great job doing that. So, but mm-hmm. yeah. I think a lot of people have that fear. Like, am I a good enough mom? For sure. Am I
0: failing in yeah. some way? But I think in with each child, as you grow your family, you one, you gain a, a deeper confidence in who you are as a mom, but you also then have to fight more fears, you know, yeah, of yeah. You know, if something were to happen to my children or, mm-hmm. you know, are they all always going to be healthy? And I think, um, I don't know, Kate, how people do this motherhood thing without Jesus.
2: Yeah, yeah I don't either. Yeah. I remember I told Cody that, um, we had a miscarriage after the twins before Knox that, mm. If we weren't running towards Jesus, I mean, we would be going away from Jesus. So yeah. you can choose two things, and like the time of a struggle to lean on Jesus or to completely fall away from Him. And yeah. So without Him, I'm not sure. Like I said, I'm not sure which where we would have been or yeah. how we would be raising our kids now without Him. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So like your that. kids are only um, four, two, and brand new, but I would call you a seasoned mom. Oh yeah. I would say that I feel like I've been a mom for years, but (laughs) I think you have so much advice and um, experience to offer young moms. And we have a lot of brand new moms around us in our circle that, Mm -hmm. you know, you are a part of. And so what is your advice to first time new moms? I would say, don't let the world
2: influence you as a mother and don't let those around you speak negativity over Mm -hmm. you. Like Mm -hmm. be confident in who you are and your decisions to raise your kids Mm. and just listen to yourself and your husband. I mean, yeah. Yeah. In parenting and get advice along the way, but know that that doesn't have to be your way that you do it.
0: Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. I think that can be hard sometimes because we do all feel like we don't want to mess up. Like we get one shot at raising our children. Right. Right. But I think as we do become more confident in one, who we are as a mom, as a woman, but who we are in Jesus, and the fact that, that you know the Holy Spirit gives us that, that wisdom and that discernment to know how to raise our children. Yeah. there's a reason He gave you Corbin and Cruz and Knox and now Sloan, and that he entrusted you with those four little souls, you know, to, to raise them, to love them well. And I think that's what I lean into on the days that I feel like I'm struggling with am I doing enough? Mm -hmm. You know, Am I letting my kids down? At the end of the day, am I gonna feel like I gave them the best that I could have given them from me, from who I am as a mom? And then I just remember that Jesus is so filled with grace for me. And just like I don't expect my kids to be perfect, He doesn't expect me to be perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, that's good. So Kate, for me as a mom, I know it changed, it shifted my perspective of God the Father. When I became a parent, um, for me, when we lost our first and second child, it helped me to have a deeper understanding of how great the sacrifice of God the Father was to allow his son to be killed on my behalf, to take the the punishment of my sin, because I realized that I would have never chosen to have lost that child. Right. Mm. Yep. Um, And I know you've experienced miscarriage as well. So do you feel like you felt that similar feeling of being able to relate to the heartbeat of God better and understanding the sacrifice in a more intimate way?
2: Yeah. And I mean, I definitely feel like that. And I feel like it helps me relate to others too. I mean, that have gone through that as well. But knowing that God loved us so much that I'm not sure that I would be able to just be like, take my child and he will die for everybody. I mean, that's something that's, it helps you put in perspective that, Man, he must really love us. Right,
0: yeah. right. Well, and then I feel like when I became a mom, when my firstborn was born, and you probably felt this way with the twins, um, that grace from God the Father, like how much love you have for your children yeah. here on earth, that no matter what they do wrong during the day, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you still love them. You would still do anything for them. You would still provide for them. You would not, you know, punish them unnecessarily. And that's how God feels about us. Yeah. yeah, And I think that's so comforting to me, you mm-hmm. know, here as a grown woman, knowing that God's going to love me in spite of my shortcomings. Yep. Even through all my bad mommy days,
2: like yeah. he still like starts each day new. And that's yes. grace has been a huge word the past few weeks because mm-hmm. I need grace, lots of grace for my boys. And so yeah. Yeah. if I can give it to them, I mean, Jesus gives it to us always, but yes. yeah. Knowing that, knowing that, I need to give it to them freely. So mm. oh,
1: that's so good. Well, Kate, thank you so much for coming on and letting us talk about your kids and talk about motherhood. And I just want you to know that we see you as somebody who has so much to offer. You're doing a f- fantastic job with your kids, but you have so much to offer other women. Yeah. And and I, it's been really cool to see you start to step into that and start to find your voice and start to. Um, Help lead people around you. And you are doing that. You're doing that in a great way. And we're so very proud of you. And I think what you're doing is extraordinary, both in momhood and in the people that are around you. So I just want to say, like, keep going, you know, um, keep pursuing that call of God on your life to raise those kids, to love him. And I think we should make a pact right now that we just take that word just out.
2: Yeah. So we no
1: longer say I'm just a mom, but we own it. And he's like, I am a mom. And we see that as a high calling that it really is that God designed us. Like he specifically designed our bodies and our psyche and our souls and our hearts to mother, um, to mother our own children and to mother those around us that Mm -hmm. we can to nurture, to share God's love with. So deal
0: deal. Yeah. I think that's so good. And Kate, I think one thing, just like a a closing thought for me is I feel like God always appoints leaders of leaders. He always calls someone to be the one that pushes it forward, to be the pursuer. And I see that in you. I see you have um, women around you who you are always reaching out to and encouraging. And you're setting the play dates and you're reaching out Mm -hmm. to people. And I I think that is because he has equipped you to be the leader of your group. You know, to be that encourager, to be that source, that doesn't wait for someone else to push it forward, but you go, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And sometimes that can be hard. Yeah. I know that it can sometimes feel lonely, feel lonely. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you need to know that we, we see that in you. And I think that, you know, we get the opportunity of being at church with you and, um, you know, we're in a setting where we're some of your church leaders, but I see you as a leader in your circle that God's put you in. So have great just confidence in that. Um, And know that he's put you there for a great purpose. I feel like
2: the longer I'm a mom, the more confident I am Mm. in my mothering. And just, I wish I had that in the very beginning. Like, I wish Mm -hmm. I could have taken that in the beginning and it wouldn't have maybe become so hard.
1: Yeah. But don't you think that all of those things that you walked through make you who you are now? Yeah. Like, the the hard things, it's like that, you know, that diamond when it's refined and when it's cut, it becomes more polished and sparkly and the same thing with you like you're growing all of us we're growing yeah. as we walk through those hard things and it's so good i yeah. remember
2: a quick little story i had called heather um or text her a few months after we had moved last year and just saying like i was in target the other day and i stepped away for a second till like, i grabbed something super close to my cart and thinking i wish somebody would maybe take one of my kids just for a little bit for a break and yeah because I felt like I was drowning like a little overwhelmed and I didn't know where to turn and just feeling exhausted and you just reminded me like are you spending time with Jesus and my Mm. answer was no like Mm. I want to but where where do I spend like Mm. I have no free time and from that point forward just spending just a little bit in God's word each day like totally turned around how I feel and now Mm. I feel more at joy
1: being a mom and Mm. so that was a turning point there. Oh, that's so, and that's such a good nugget for any of us. Yeah. Um, but especially moms of littles or some, a woman who's working full time and they just can't seem to fit it in. Like make time, make time for Jesus. Even if it's just five minutes, make time for Jesus.
2: And it's typically not, I mean, my kids are running around and it's chaotic, but just like even the Bible app or just something on TV, like a quick little YouTube of a pastor just can change your mood and change your day. And
0: uh, so good. That's so good. Great I love advice. it that you're doing that. That's so good. Yeah. That that will change everything. Yeah, and it will change your children's um, growing up and potentially their eternity as well. So well done. I'm proud of you. Thanks for
1: coming on. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Well, thank you for listening to the H&H Hour today. You can find us on iTunes. If you head over there and click in the search engine and click podcast, type in the H&H Hour. And if you could leave us some feedback and a review, that would be awesome. We yeah, would love that. Absolutely. Um, and share on social media. If this is something that resonated with you, you know, share it on your um, Instagram or your Facebook or wherever you like to browse everyone else's thoughts and pictures and opinions (laughs) um and thank you so much for listening we'll see you next time